Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bipster and the Ginger Podcast. Uh, again, we are we are gingerless. We will, we're going to get Ginger back. Don't worry. He's been like crazy busy with work, and he just moved and this and that, and it is kind of crazy. But we have another uh, interview coming up. Again, we've been kind of doing a series where we've been talking with either like so we talking to some YouTubers and people on podcasts, and so in that same and a lot about guitar. So if you are if you're interested in guitar stuff, we've we've been really kind of hitting that market well. Um, we have a, a a fellow podcaster, Clifton Worley, from the Clifton Worley Show. On uh, Clinton, uh, Clifton, you want to introduce yourself and kind of talk a little bit about your show, and we'll get things going. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on the uh, the show, by the way, and uh, happy to be here. Um, I have a podcast, uh, and it's it's real. Um, ironic it's called the clifton whirly show mm-hmm. and uh there and i, I can kind of give you a little bit of insight why i call it just that but um yeah i have the I have a podcast called the clifton whirly show and it's 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 about guitars and music mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different than some of the other guitar podcasts in that um it start, kind of started out as an interview thing mm-hmm. where interviewing other musicians and it's really more about the life of a musician and the stories mm-hmm. behind that mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of my tagline is is uh musical journeys mm-hmm. yeah and i think uh seems like especially i kind of got i kind of got onto the clifton Worley show kind of late it was part of the like i discovered guitar podcast with like i think it was well i, I discovered a guitar podcast with uh brian wamplers with chasing tone and then that basically went right down the wormhole of like chasing tone tone mob 60 cycle hum gear slum boom and then i hit and then i hit you guys <laughs> because it was like you know <laughs> one show leads to another show leads to another show um but yeah i've kind of noticed that you don't you're not necessarily being like hey here's a review on this brand new like you know what this fender yada 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 guitar that came out it's more about talking about people and if they happen to be playing that guitar you're going to talk about it right but i think it's right. you're telling the stories and it's something that you know especially if it's You've had some people on there that are in bands that maybe you know you've you've seen and heard them, and you're not sure like, oh, what's the like, what's this person really like in real life? Like, and they come on your podcast and you realize like, oh, they're a decent person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that that's kind of um, you know, I got the whole idea really from I it, I started podcasting because I was a guest on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, Vanit. Uh, Van Reenen, um he had a podcast uh, briefly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's available anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was called New Tone Gear Nerds, and he had me on as a guest. And um, it got me thinking about, you know, obviously I had way more stories I wanted to tell than could fit on an episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I decided to branch out and start telling stories, um, backstories, and and then it kind of evolved into where, you know, I wanted to go throughout the gear community and get different people to tell their stories. I thought, like, nobody at that time was doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were interviewing owners of companies and, and um, you know, are reviewing guitar gear and and there's a place for that, but I mm-hmm. felt like I wanted to do something a little different and, and just, I, I felt like nobody knew each other in a, in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to foster that community a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, 
that definitely has been what it seems like, you know, what, what you've been able to like put through as a listener to somebody that, like I said, when I kind of jumped in on the podcast, it was like, Oh, it's a gear related or it's, you know, I, I had heard one of the other podcasts talking about it. So then I looked it up. So, you know, it wasn't like I went in like knowing what it was going to be and then kind of listened to a few episodes and realizing like, Oh, this is more like conversations and it's more, you know, cause like the first few ones I listened to was when you had, uh, the, uh, whirly birds on. And, yeah, and so it was like, you know, these conversations and it was kind of cool. Cause it was exactly kind of, kind of what we were trying to like have in our podcast where it was just like, you know, kind of a couple guys just talking, about stuff it was if it was related to gear it was related to gear if it was just life in general like you know oh we did this over the weekend and you know this is how it ended up you know kind of being gear related or you know like i picked up this or i'm looking at this you know it just kind of made you feel like it made you feel like as a listener you got to know you guys without actually knowing you you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's which i think is really a great way as a podcaster that's kind of the goal is to the general public and the people that are listening are like oh I feel like if I saw him at, well, now you've been like at NAM and stuff, like I could just come up and be like, hey, and it's not going to be weird because you're not going to be like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've totally, um, you know, totally have had a lot of those opportunities to to meet people in real life mm-hmm. after going to some of the, you know, the trade shows and, and some of the events. Um, and it all, you know, was was a byproduct of, getting to know all these people Mm -hmm. and I've pretty much decided that most people when you meet them are a lot like they are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, you can filter out people that you probably don't have anything to do with, (laughs) um, through there. And, (laughs) and I found that, that, um, there's a lot of, um, people in the music community are very genuine and, Mm-hmm. And I've been, it's been a thrill to meet those people and, and get to hang out with them and, and kind of see the other side. Yeah. Kind of see like behind the, behind the curtain, they, as they say. Yeah. So yeah. what, what was your first, how, how long have you been doing the podcast now? Uh, it started in February of, uh, not this year, but the year before that. Okay. So you've been, that's a pretty, so just like this, this February will be, it's like a little over a year and a half. I was doing the math. Yeah. Yeah, it's always, it's always a struggle bus for me. Um, so yeah, about a year and a half, and that's been pretty successful. Because I mean, you've been going to like you weren't going to trade shows. We'll get into kind of like what you do, like what you did before this. But like you, you didn't go to trade shows before you did the podcast, and now you've been a year and a half in, and you're getting to go to like the NAM and the big, kind of the big deal stuff for guitar related media. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's something I stumbled into a world that I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it existed, but I didn't think I'd ever have a um, inroad to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of happened um, as the podcast got going. You know, I, I, I um, got invited. To, I think my first thing I did is I went out to Cower Fest in uh, Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. which is my first time to go out to the West Coast. And um, uh, I got to meet. Uh, some of the other podcasters, I got to meet Ryan from uh, 60 Cycle Home, um, uh, Co Schneider, who's now with the Flippin' Flippers, mm-hmm. and um, Phil Eisenhower from the Gear Slum. Mm-hmm. And they were there, and I got to hang out with them a good bit. And um, it kind of um, it just opened the doors like, well, you guys are going to Nam. How do you go to Nam? And, <laughs> and, and, and I figured out how I could go to Nam. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to, uh, a couple of months later, I went to Summernam in Nashville. And um, and then I went out last, uh, or this January, to Nam and uh, in Anaheim. And so it's just been, it, it's been, um, you know, it's, it's kind of different because I'm not the kind of podcast that's real corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm finding that when I go to Nam, that I've got to find other ways to attack it than the other guys. Yeah. Um, not that, um, what they're doing is wrong or like, they totally have a reason to want the, why they're doing what they're doing. But I, I find for my listeners and, and the, the group and the niche that, you know, listens to my show, like they're wanting to know the story mm-hmm. Yeah. and the experience. And that's what I try to. I try to bring that to the table. Um, yeah, what kind of one of the things was this all started for me is I stumbled into um, I knew sixty cycle home was a was a group, and I knew that there was a podcast attached to it, but I had never listened to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in some other guitar forums, and and I kind of found like guitar forums had like their ups and their downs, like. All of a sudden, like one would get started, and everybody would bring their friends in, and then like there would be a rotten apple that got in there who would like troll it down, and then like people, the original people didn't want to be in that group anymore, mm-hmm. and they'd find another place on the internet. And um, I'd gone through several cycles with that, and I was adminning a uh, a guitar group with a friend, and um, I felt like I felt like it could be more than what it was. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of turned into a buy, sell, trade kind of group. Oh, yeah. And um, I had this crazy idea because I saw that, like, CC Cycle Home was doing it, and then I was aware that Gear Slum was out there. Um, and I was kind of like, getting into their group and didn't quite understand the culture at the time. Uh, I came in a little hot, and... <laughs> Um, I realized that, you know, it would be really like 3d almost if you could have a podcast with a guitar group, mm-hmm. but like your friends, like something that you wanted to be in with your friends and mm-hmm. kind of let that grow organically. Not like let's dogpile everybody that we possibly can off the internet into one big conglomerate group. <laughs> no, like. Like, I wanted it to be organic, where people felt like, yeah, you're meeting people, but, like, it's like, um, you always heard the term, like, birds of a feather flock together, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted, like, to be that kind of community. Mm-hmm. Like, where, you know, you're, the door's always open, you're always, it's always an ever-revolving cast of people, but it's the kind of people that want to have that sense of community and want to um it's not just about guitars and brands but it's kind of like a place where musicians could get together and kind of uh you know just enjoy being part of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah kind of like a big a community that is kind of it's not just like oh we are we just have guitars that we're we have in common it's like we have these other things that we also enjoy so it's not just like Abs- oh we're all here absolutely. because we're holding a guitar yeah. and like 
And then, because when, it, when it's just a group of, we're all here because we all hold a guitar, it's like, well, your guitar brand's bad. My guitar brand's, you know, it's like, then it becomes these like little stupid, you know, any, you know, anytime any kind of news comes out of certain companies, it's like, it has to go to all, it cycles all the groups and all the pages. And you're just like, it's just like, you know, you're looking at the same thing 20 times versus it's a little different there where it's not necessarily just, you know, the same thing. Sometimes I see, and I mean, I've seen this before, like with some of the groups I'm in, you'll see like the same thing getting posted in every group. And you're kind of like, Hey, uh, like, are you like, like if you're posting that in that group and this group, like this is like the same people, like, what are you trying to get? You know, just, you're like, it's like kind of like, you know, trying to like, like dip the toe in twice, but yeah, it has yeah. seemed like that, like a very kind of a more of a, just a hangout, nothing, you know, not, not as much pressure to be like the best musician. If you want to like ask a question or something, which is what I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, you know, like those gear, those, a lot of the gear centric communities, it's kind of like there's a, a, you know, the main river of Naom and mm-hmm. all those companies that are feeding all these streams mm-hmm. that are going off into different demographics of musicians. Um, however, like I have found over long term that, and I don't know this. This is probably true in some some of the gear groups, but I found it to be true in my like my uh, you know circle of friends that I've friendships that I've formed out of my group mm-hmm. have been that it's gone way beyond talking about guitar. Mm-hmm. It's it's gone into uh, how's your life going? Like mm-hmm. uh, you know how uh, what's going on? And you know me and me and a few other groups have kind of drug our way through a midlife crisis a few times so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just been kind of that thing it's like um um it it goes more than talking about guitar you realize like that a lot of the root of oh i gotta get this guitar i gotta get this is you see a lot of guys who they've settled and and i say guys there's there's men and women mm-hmm. but they've kind of settled in life um and they are kind of going back to some of the things that they never got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, and for a lot of musicians, it's, oh, I never had that nice guitar. I never had all this nice gear. And you get to a point where, like, finally, like, okay, I can, I think I can afford this. And there's a lot of things that are driving you to make those decisions. And a lot of it's, uh, you know, I found that a lot of the people in my show, the demographic is, you know, a lot of us are middle-aged men, um, and we're kind of looking to dig our ways out of a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. That's kind of comical, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we're we're trying to uh, find out that there's more to life than what we're doing every day. Yeah. And we're trying to expand our horizons and discover that. And so, um, it gets a lot more to the discussion than, you know, uh, what's new in the guitar world. I think that's just kind of the background in yeah. a lot of our lives is what's going on because that's kind of like a common thread for us, but mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot more going on. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not, it's not superficial. It's just good. The guitar world. It's, it's exactly that. But yeah, I think that's really true because I mean, as you're, you know, as much as you're like, oh man, 
when it's when you when you just listen to stuff and it's all about like the newest gear. Because a couple years ago, I was on this huge kick where all I was watching on YouTube was all just guitar videos and like guitar related and pedal videos. And that year, it was almost well, like 2017. I bought more guitars that I didn't need, like and stuff that I probably didn't need just because I was like I constantly had that thought of like because I was just watching stuff like oh that's new that looks cool that's new that looks cool, and I probably this year like had to realize like okay what do I really need necessarily for guitar like I don't need to have you know that and that and that every every new like every new pedal that comes out like I don't need to be like ooh I have to have that because that's gonna make me sound better I'm like no probably practicing would make me sound better but. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely yeah, my thing. Yeah, and I, I kind of been down that journey where, like, um, I, I I wanted to try out. You know, for me, it was like I never owned nice amps. Like, for the first fifteen years, I was playing guitar. Mm-hmm. It was always solid state amps, uh, practice amps, whatever. And then I kind of got into that like cheap digital amp thing. Um. And I went down this huge journey where I was buying up, you know, old tube amps mm-hmm. left and right. Like I would, I'd basically buy one, try to fix the problems on it. And then I found like I could turn around and sell that, make a, make a little bit of a profit and then turn around and get another one. Mm-hmm. And like I've, I've cycled through probably, I don't even know, I've lost count, probably more than a dozen of those. Mm-hmm. in the last few years um to like to the point where you begin to know like this is what i do like and what i don't like and mm-hmm. and and i learned okay i don't have to spend three thousand dollars what you learn is like over time is that you know what you play in a music store for 30 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. is not gonna give you a really good barometer for, you know, is this, is this a piece of gear that I need mm-hmm. for, for the specific thing that I do as a player? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of went on this journey where like, I was just, you know, trying out different things. And then, um, you know, kind of Nam going to Nam and the trade shows and everything kind of exposed me to some things beyond like what I could find in my region mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of turned me on to some builders who, you know, were boutique or, um, maybe not, not like known on the like national main stage. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you play their stuff and you like it. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that led to like me getting like my first boutique guitar this year. Um, which is an interesting journey. Uh, it's it's nothing like buying a guitar, say you know on, on musician's friend. Mm-hmm. Okay, like like you you buy a guitar, you you pay for it, you um you wait for it while they build it. <laughs> um, they send you pictures every now and then, and you know you hope that you made a good decision, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of trust that you put in, in somebody and you got to kind of vet them out and make sure that they're legit mm-hmm. before you, you tie up, you know, your hard earned money, money doing that. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just been, it's finding as a musician, what you like, what works for your context, what is overkill 
and maybe like, oh, well, I have this sitting here and I don't really use this. So how can I put my gear to best use? You know, so it's getting rid of this thing so you can get what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to, that's a good way to think about it. Putting, you don't always think about putting gear to good use by getting rid of it. You know, that's usually the like reverse thought process, but that's a good way to, a good way to think like this gear is going to do more use gone with cash in hand versus sitting there just getting dusty because I don't use mm-hmm. it anymore. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What uh, what so what guitar did you end up going with that was uh, for your first custom build? Well, I, I went with Cower. Okay. Um, and I got a, a Arcturus. It's like his um offset uh style guitar, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I got like the um the bridge that's i'm blanking <laughs> it. the uh it begins with an m the mastery uh, mastery yes mm-hmm. um i got a mastery on it mm-hmm. just because i never owned a guitar with uh a mastery and i'd heard good things about it and mm-hmm. i was looking for a guitar that would bring something out of me musically hopefully mm-hmm. um you know, I've, I've I've gotten very very comfortable with a telly over the years, mm-hmm. and I love a telly. And you know, there was a period where I was just playing the cower for weeks, but now like I've gravitated back to where yeah, the telly still has a place in my life. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding that the when I pick up this cower, that I'm playing different things. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, um, using that mastery to give myself vibrato and I'm trying to, you know, kind of find my way through on that. And I'm finding like it's opening up just another avenue, uh, musically for me. And that's kind of where as a musician, you always need to find that thing that's pushing you in another direction because Mm -hmm. you can get really good at one thing, Mm -hmm. but like you want to push yourself to find a way to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think if and that's what the best part. I mean, when a when a new piece of gear does that versus just like makes you feel better, that's the best thing. Like getting something that you're like, I want to pick this up and play, and it makes me play a different way. You know, versus what my old guitar. Like, yes, technically, you know. So some people like when they're outside of the gear world, they don't understand. They're like, but what's the difference? And you're like, it might seem the same, but like if I want to, if this makes me play something different, like that's what's important to me. You know. I have uh, my 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 joke with my my parents is they always uh, they like they don't want to get me new guitars for Christmas because I'm I'm a sucker for like like the cheap garbage I always say like I have a collection of subpar guitars because then I can have a lot of them for not much money so I always mm-hmm. have them end up getting me something like well last year because like everyone their neighbor had to get the uh, the Squire Mustang like the Bullet Mustang that everyone had to have like that yes. was the one and my dad was trying to be like well, what's the difference? And I'm trying to explain it to him as like a guitar player. I'm like, well, this has got like a shorter scale length than blah. And I was just going, this one's green. That's <laughs> what I finally realized. <laughs> and I was like, cause it's, you know, they don't understand, but it was that same thing. Like I picked it up and it made me play differently. And it was actually one that my wife really liked. And so I was basically like, Oh, Hey, if this gets you like playing a little more guitar. Like that's worth the price of admission. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that's, I, that's really important. And with the gear world, because there has been some gear that I thought, like, oh, if I get this, it'll make me, f- like, think I'll play better. But I end up, like, either A, never using it, or it's just like, oh, 
like there's like buyer's remorse afterwards. You're just like, oh, I should have like I should have thought about this more, versus just being like it's what everyone has and I need to have it right now. And then it's like now yeah. it just sits. Yeah, there. I've learned like that cheap guitars. Like I kept getting them, and then like I would constantly like was selling them off. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with having cheap guitars. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think there's some great value mm-hmm. instruments out there. Um, but I, 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 again, that was finding what I wanted out of a guitar yep. and what I didn't like about this one or that one. And it usually, um, there was, it always just boiled down to, uh, a mass produced cheap guitar. Sometimes didn't have the things I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'd kind of have to go down a rabbit trail of buying all kind of aftermarket parts to mm-hmm. make it like the guitar that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And and, and people do that, and that's fine. It's just, um, I learned that I was tinkering so much with, like, my gear that, like, I wasn't playing. Yeah. And when you get to that point, like, you, you've got to make the decision, no, I'm going to get better at my instrument. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a lot of guys in the gear community who did just that and they became, you know, um, dealers or, you know, builders. And that's where they've concentrated their attention is building this pedal or this guitar or whatever. And and a lot of them, you talk to them and it's like, yeah, I've kind of put my playing on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it's, I mean, that's why, but probably what a lot of, like, because, I mean, I have to do with, like, with what I have, I have to usually try and figure out how to fix stuff on my own versus just, you know, do it the other way. <laughs> so it's like, you know, which is one thing I really like because I like being able to, like, basically think about, like, hey, this is just a piece of wood. It's not much money. Like, if I screw something up here, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I just wrecked thousands of dollars. It's like, this is, like, $200. I can just, like, you know, part it out, worst-case scenario. But I think too, like the like the like the lower end stuff. There's not as much like they're kind of sterile. You know what I mean? Like you can tell like there's nothing super special about them because you know there's like you know how many thousands that look exactly the same. It's not like with like your guitar. Like that's the one that looks like how you wanted it, specked out the way you wanted it to be. Right. So right. I think there's something. I think there's something there too. And if you take, you know, there's nothing against taking a lower end guitar. And like you said doing a bunch of work, but it comes down to, do you want to have more time to practice or do you want to have more time to tinker around on it? Like I'm a mechanic by day. So I like tinkering around on stuff. So like, you know, to come home and play around with a guitar is actually kind of fun because it's not, a am not messing with a car or a truck. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this is not like, I don't have to, no one. I'm not giving this to someone to drive away. Like this will go back on the rack when I'm done with it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. think, um, I think there's a lot to that. Um, we didn't get into we we'll get into it real quick. Um, we're kind of getting near, kind of getting it in. What uh, what got you into playing guitar? You know, usually start off with that, but obviously okay. you, know you play. But what got you into it? Well, there are always guitars in the background in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was uh didn't play a lot, but he had some guitars around that he used to be in a band and um, he you know predominantly sang but he played a little bit of guitar and there were always guitars around there was always um 
I remember there was a piano at my house, and I was always plinking around on that. Um, it all started for me when, you know, my dad's a pastor, okay? Mm-hmm. And one one day I showed up uh, to church, and there was uh, a bass guitar that somebody brought in. And it was laying up there, and um, I was just enamored by that instrument. I'd never seen a bass, mm-hmm. okay? Um, all I knew was, like, at the, that point was, like, the acoustic guitars my dad had. And I picked it up, and ended up, my dad, like, the course of that year, ended up, like, making an arrangement to buy that bass from the guy who had it. Mm-hmm. And it was a little short-scale uh, Fender Music Master from the 70s. Ooh. And... Um, which is a per- was a perfect base for a you know like a ten year old kid right yeah um and I remember watching um, Beatles anthology had come out on TV mm-hmm. and I would sit there with my amp and I was trying to copy those songs and I learned really quick that like if I slid my hand down the neck. And found the pitch. I could find the key of the song, and then I found. I soon found out that if I played, you know, there was patterns. Like if I slid my finger down to the next string, the same place, I was playing one of the notes that was in the song. And then, like, I found the three notes that went with, you know, those three chord songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, I started playing in church because they simply didn't have a bass player, mm-hmm. and. Um, I learned, you know, where the notes were up and down the fretboard and I had a chart. I took lessons very briefly and they didn't work out very good. (laughs) And, um, I had a map though, like a fretboard map the dude had drawn out for me (laughs) and I would take like, I'd ask the piano player to, I couldn't read the music. So I asked asked them if they would like write above there every time that you like was supposed to change the note on the sheet music. And so then I would find out like, okay, where on the fretboard is the, and then like it started all falling into place. And before long I was playing by year. And, uh, a couple years after that, I switched to acoustic guitar. And then the next year after that, I had my first electric and it just, it kind of snowballed through Uh my teens to Mm -hmm. where, by the time I was in high school, I was coming home every day um, and doing my homework and then playing guitar till like dinner time. Nice. Yeah. It just, it became like the, this passion of mine mm-hmm. to, and I had like cousins who played and we were like competing against each other to, you know, every time we got together, who, who learned this and that. And so, yeah, it, it just kind of was that thing. And then, you know, playing in church growing up and everything. And, um, I just was trying to soak in everything I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and that led to, you know, end up playing in a few bands while I was in high school and college. And, um, it, you know, it, it, it was, uh, it was just something that like really fueled my whole, like, I think at that time, like my life was 
playing guitar or playing in bands. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about the gear at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, at that point, most people were like, hey, I got my first pedal, and it's like a Distortion DS1. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, oh, I want to play metal here. Here's a metal zone. Okay, cool. <laughs> I remember when I got mine. I <laughs> yeah, it was pedals, a I didn't deal. know what pedals were. I didn't see a place for them. I had to, like, I, uh, I, think I eventually got a multi-effects unit because I was like, oh, I don't have to buy all those pedals. I can have it all right here. Oh, yeah. That was my line of thinking, and then... Uh, Learned years later, there was huge limitations to that. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, oh, this is everything. Oh, no, this is everything. <laughs> doing everything means doing nothing well is usually how those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up with one of those when I first started playing because my buddy literally just gave it to me. He's like, here. And here's the worst part. He gave it to me because he just got a Line 6 Spider 100-watt head for his amp. <laughs> that was the that was the gear road I started with. Like, oh gosh, looking back, like he had a four he had a four by twelve, a line six four by twelve plugged into a, a, a spider. Like, oh those 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 tones we were blasting were terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. But, in the, but at the time we thought it was great. We thought we were thought it was great. But yeah, that's so. Um, you, I mean, I kind of know the I know the backstory, but just for the audience, so you're still. You mean your gear is involved in your like day job now, correct? Well, not exactly. Okay. Um, I I work uh, for a church. Okay. Uh, doing the music there, and mm-hmm. I work with the youth and do the music with them as well. Mm-hmm. And hey. um, uh, so I have the freedom to play a lot of music still. Yeah. And and um. So yeah, it's it's kind of part of my job, but the gear is really not. No, I meant I should have said music is like part of your day job. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're playing, but you're yeah you're playing music, which is that's really cool. It's actually funny because you put on this. I actually lead, and actually Ginger, when he's here, he's the bass player, and I'm the uh, guitar player for our church's youth band. We're both youth leaders there. So nice. um, when I was talking about practicing before we got on the podcast, it's because I had to get ready for tomorrow's night set list and send him the music that he hopefully will run through. But. <laughs> That's a different different subject. You usually go, hey, did you learn this one? Oh, we've done that before. We'll be fine. Follow. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that, yeah. that's cool. So you got the, you know, kind of from learning as a kid to now getting to take it and, you know, use music in your ministry and as, you know, as your job, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like music is so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes, and that's what I'm saying, like, it became to a point where, yeah, talking guitar is just fun, but. Like, I want to talk about life. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, like, music is a common thread that draws people together. Yeah, and I know it's like, it's like when you work with teenagers, you're not going to, no no one person is going to, like, be able to um, work with every kid, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And not relate to every kid on a huge level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you use what you have, mm-hmm. you know, what where life has taken you, Um to relate to whatever kids that you know come across come along so like in my case i learned that you know i can tend to work well with kids who are drawn to music Mm -hmm. yeah okay i mean that's just natural if i was a you know like if i had been like a football star or something or or if you were a coach or something like that like you would have a lot of influence on you know, athletic kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's kind of, it, it, you learn that it's not just the music, it's the, 
it's the interest there and it's a common mm-hmm. thread, but it also, you know, it's just kind of a launching pad to kind of uh, break down barriers. Yeah, and that's that's really in in youth ministry. That's what half of it is. You know, you can go, we can do a whole series on that. Of it's about just relating to them, but not trying to be. I always tell people. It doesn't mean trying to be, like, the coolest person in school, like, you know, the coolest person to them, because most kids see right through that. Like, they want to see, like, you being genuine and you just being, like, somebody that's like, oh, hey, I'm sac- – we always tell our kids, like, we're sacrificing – sometimes, like, we're here to sacrifice our time. It's not because we want to yell at you. It's because we, like, want to give back to you, you know. So usually we say that when yeah. our kids are, like, we're trying to do small group time and they're going off on – 15 rabbit holes away and we're like we're trying to talk about this subject (laughs) y'all are trying to talk about this but um clifton um i want to thank you for coming on it's been a blast talking gear talking you know just kind of talking life in general kind of how you got started um if you are interested in the clifton worldly show there will be links to the show in the description of the podcast so if you are watching on itunes or any of the other apps hopefully spotify mobile is working again for some reason spotify mobile on the last episode, it worked on computers, but if you try to listen on your phone, it wasn't working for some stupid reason. But I will have – you should be able to find everything in the description. So make sure if you're not subscribed to that, um, even if you're not super into gear, you're like, I don't really – I'm not a big guitar player. It's just hearing the conversations and hearing people talk about life is worth the price of admission, which, hey, it's a podcast, so it's free just like ours. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Absolutely. And I want to encourage – I'm not trying to pill for your group, but no. um, if you listen and you – think hey this is right up my alley or whatever i've uh, i do like uh for our listeners to um kind of come in and be part of the group mm-hmm. be part of the discussion so come check out the facebook group there's a lot of um you know discussion that goes on there mm-hmm. uh, about some of the topics that that's on the show and then um i try to i try to find things that are uh if our listeners try to post on Instagram and uh, it, I try to do, if I go to these events, try to do live streaming in the group mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things like that. So, so if that's something you're interested in following, you like, and you check out my show and you like it, then feel free to follow us there. I would love to, you know, um, get to know you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But hey, it worked for me. So <laughs> I actually joined before I listened to an episode. I remember one of the questions to get in is like, what's your favorite episode? And I literally said, oh, well, I haven't actually listened to one yet, but. I'll get back with you because <laughs> at the time yeah. I was like, Ooh, like I'm going to listen to that show, but I haven't had a chance to, cause I listen to, you know, I'm trying to listen to all these podcasts. And so it's usually like all day at work. I'm like pop, you know, bl- like, you know, powering through them. Not, that, that sounds bad. Listening to them. That sounded, <laughs> that did not sound as, as enjoyable as it was, but yeah, Clifton, thanks for coming on. Um, again, check out the description. There's going to be links to, I'll put, I'll put a link to the Facebook group in there too, just so that way, if you want a one click deal, you can go to there, check out the Facebook group again. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you're gear-minded, it's it's kind of a nice way to get into the gear community without trying to dive into one of the gear talk pages where it's like swimming with sharks. <laughs> it's a, it's the kiddie pool of... Uh, we're the baby sharks. Yeah, we're the baby sharks. No, good, no we're not starting on that. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, we'll keep talking here, Cliff, in a second. All right, bye.